Commencing countdown. Three, two, one. This is the Contracting Experience. Connecting government contracting professionals to the world around them through conversations with acquisition influencers, insights into evolving hot topics, and sharing lessons learned from the field. Hello, listeners. This next episode of the Contracting Experience podcast features influential Air Force leader and Air Force Installation Contracting Center Commander, Brigadier General Ali Trevino. General Trevino talks about AFICC's mission and how she encourages her teams to be change agents. She is an active promoter of continuous learning and development of the acquisition workforce and emphasizes the importance of communication at all levels. I want to thank General Trevino for being a gracious supporter of the podcast, and I look forward to you hearing her vision on critical thinking, failing and learning fast, and empowering the workforce. Welcome, General Trevino, to the podcast. Well, thanks, Amber, and thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. First question, can you tell listeners about Air Force Installation Contracting Center? What groups make up AFICC and how do they support their customers? So the Air Force Installation Contracting Center uh, is part of Air Force Installations and Mission Support Center. And we actually fall under AFMC, Air Force Material Command. And uh, we are not just installation contracting, your normal base support contracting, but we also do operational acquisition. And that was something that was put into place under now Major General Holt when he was here as the FICA commander. And it was a a move to add program management, um, analysis, and some post-award administration into the entire complement of a normal contracting office. Mm -hmm. And so we run the full gamut to make sure that we can work really closely with our requirement owners. Um, But AFICC, uh, we have over 750 personnel, and we have a large portfolio, but not only do we support the major commands, eight of the major commands, and we indirectly support AFMC and AFDW. They don't work under the AFICC portfolio, but we um, support indirectly all of the major commands and directly eight of them. But we also have uh, four enterprise sourcing squadrons, and enterprise sourcing Um, We're looking for solutions, and they run the category management portfolio. We've been on a category management journey since 2014, and AFICC is leading the way for the Air Force in that area. There is something I want to hit just as well. Um, Since we work with AFIMSC, which is run now by Major General Wilcox, uh, we work very closely aligned with his priorities. And I know we're going to hit today probably cover some of the AFICC mission areas, Mm -hmm. Um, but General Wilcox's priorities are um, readiness and lethality, and innovation, Mm -hmm. and airmen and families. And I think we can all get behind those priorities, whether or not we're in AFIMSC or in a different organization. Right, definitely. So you encourage your workforce to be change agents. What is a change agent? And how does that fit into the mission-focused business leadership mindset that General Holt is promoting at SAF AQC? So the, the change agent journey, similar to the category management journey, there's a lot of things that uh, DOD and the federal government are kind of putting, you know, putting towards us to how do you get innovation into acquisition. Mm-hmm. And a year and a half ago when I took command, 
uh, the organization, um, we sat around with a, our leadership team and we thought, how do we do these things a little bit better? And, you know, I had talked to General Holt and he had the flight plan in place and we received that flight plan and we knew that we were going to go into the next fiscal year and modify that flight plan um, with refinements. Mm -hmm. So being on a change management uh, journey, um, a lot of us have taken organizational behavior, but we thought, well, why don't we call ourselves change agents? There's a saying out there that's like, be the change that you see and that you want to see in the world. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to make sure that all of all, all of our employees, all 750 strong employees, saw themselves as a change agent or an agent of change. I listened to the contracting experience. I like all the podcasts that you have out there. Um, but episodes eight and nine, I think, were two of my favorites, and they were General Holtz. He's talking about the mission-focused business leader and what mission-focused business leadership means. And there's slides out there. He talks about it in every venue. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways he breaks it down is you have to be mission focused. And so if you, if you are mission focused and you understand what's in our national defense strategy, then you can um, demand urgency and make sure that we're doing the right things for our mission partners and, and for our requirements owners. And then the business leader, his example that he talks about in episode eight is we were known as business advisors. And as a business advisor, that implies you're literally sitting on the timeline, you know, on the sidelines. You're not involved. You're waiting for someone to come up to you and ask for advice. But a business leader, they see themselves, you know, General Holt always says, get outside your comfort zone. Right. And um, he, he says, don't be quiet. Right. And I kind of say, be bold. Be bold, you know, we're, you're empowered to lead, and what that means is that we, we want you to get outside your comfort zone and we want you to expand your comfort zone. But a business leader, you kind of see and connect dots for your requirement owners. And that's how you can make that outreach and kind of be that leader in that, in that business area. Mm -hmm. Just because you're not involved in an instant acquisition, you could be involved later. Or maybe you have advice or specific kind of like similarities in different acquisitions right. that maybe somebody else needs to know about that timeline. Right. And if you didn't speak up and kind of like put yourself out there, then nobody would know. Right. And so you, you hear again, it's like, don't suffer in silence. Well, really, it's, that's what General Holt's saying. He's saying, don't be quiet. Right. And so we have a mantra, um, which is, if you want to be a stronger mission-focused business leader, you have to be a change agent first. Right. And we knew that, well, what does it mean to be a change agent? So we kind of came up with a change agent STARS kind of acronym. STARS is easy to remember. We also have a STAR that we recognize our employees with um, and our mission partners. And, and that is like a, you know, a visual reminder that you're a change agent. But anybody who wants to be a change agent, if they're sitting there, it doesn't matter if it's their first day of work or if they've been in the organization for over 25 years. The S is for the strategic documents. You got to read the strategic documents. If you don't understand where we're going, how can you ask questions? You don't, you know, you're, you're just going to be wondering. Mm -hmm. But if you read the National Defense Strategy and if you read the Air Force Posture Statement, and you read the SAFAQC flight plan, and of course, you know, in, in AFICC, we want you to read the AFICC flight plan. But all of those documents kind of tell you, here's why we're doing what we're doing, and here's the direction that we're going. So the T is to take on those goals, objectives, and mission areas that are in those strategic documents or priorities. If you take those on at the lowest level, at your flight or your director, or your squadron, 
then that um, leads into our A, which is alignment. So if you don't take on those goals and objectives, you're probably going to be misaligned. Mm -hmm. And when I'm out on the road and we have an all hands, the way I talk about alignment is kind of like canoeing. If you ever canoed or, or even rowboated, if you are not communicating with your teammates, you're either going around in circles, if you're in a canoe and somebody in the front is rowing on, on one or paddling on one side and you're paddling on the same side, you're going around in circles. If you're stroking um, the paddle and you are correctly, you know, one's on one side and you're on the other, but you're doing at different rates, you're you're still going to go around in circles and you're not going to get to where you want to go efficiently, probably going to get out of the kayak or the boat and you're really upset at each other. You may never go canoeing again. And the whole point was to have fun. Right. And so alignment is so key. And, and oftentimes, you know, the easiest way is to, you know, to ask your leaders, okay, you've asked me to do these 10 things. What are your priorities? Mm -hmm. And the better that you know your priorities, the better it is that you can stay aligned. The R is really my favorite. The R is to reach out to internal and external stakeholders and mission partners. And it goes back to what we already discussed is don't stay inside your box. Right. Get outside of your cubicle. Um, we encourage everybody um, at the operational acquisition, you know, at our squadrons to get outside their cubicle, go meet their who their customers are, go meet their mission partners. If you're doing that, you kind of understand, again, hey, maybe you're not working on something that's due this fiscal year, but mm -hmm. it, how, how nice would it be that you get proactive engagement and you know what's going to be coming up in the next fiscal year? Right. So you can actually start already be thinking about it before you even go into the next fiscal year. Right. And then I think we've had a couple of squadron commanders that have talked to us for end of year, um, you know, kind of accomplishments. And, and one of them reached out to us and they said that a year ago, they didn't think that their fiscal year 18 end of year was as successful as they could be. And so what they did was they actually went into the next year in October, so perfect time out there. If you're, if you're at the squadron level right now and you didn't think that your engagements and your relationship and your outreach with your mission partners was as successful as it could have been, then now is the time to change it. And if you're, you will see the opportunity there. It could be as easy as, hey, let's lay out everything that's planned for construction this year. Right. It could be, here's the services that are planned. It could be, holy cow, last year in the hospital, you had 15 different uh, requirements. What if this year we work together to align the requirements where, you know, instead of 15, we have three? It's looking at them differently, but it's reaching out to those external stakeholders because then you're coming up with an acquisition strategy together and you have all year and now you're, you're reaping the benefits at the end of the year instead of struggling or feeling overwhelmed in July, August, and September. And we're looking for that type of stability. And that S, the last S for STARS is to share your story. And we're always looking for our folks to share their story because we know that there are people at every single level. They've made a contribution, and, and I was listening to a books on tape a couple years ago, but the end of the book, it was like, everyone matters, everyone contributes, and everyone can change the world. Mm -hmm. And together, we do that. So um, that's how we kind of, propo um, we're proponents of change, mm -hmm. and it's not just change for change's sake. There's real critical analysis behind it. The outcomes on the other end is you know collaboration, and partnering and that teamwork and really problem solving. So it's really going after critical thinking and having an open mind 
and I, I just love it. Well, what I like about the change agent piece that you encourage your folks to do is, one, it gives them the responsibility. You're saying, hey, contract specialist, hey, CEO, procurement analyst, you have now the responsibility to, to do this in your everyday job, and then you're empowering them to go do it. And I think if you want to do things differently, that's the best way to motivate people to do that. So, so I think that's, that's awesome. And off mic, we had talked about polarity and things like that. Do you want to touch, touch on that at all? Yeah, absolutely. So back in February, I was introduced to this concept and it really resonated with me because I feel like I've heard it before, but I never heard it called polarities. Mm -hmm. And one of the um, easiest polarities to understand, a polarity is it's not something that you can manage. There isn't an optimal point. Um, it, it's something that you have to leverage. And the easiest one that we all do is breathing. And so it's inhaling and exhaling. You cannot just inhale. You cannot just exhale. You have to do both. Um, but you can deep breathe and you, know, you can kind of leverage that, especially in times of stress. <laughs> but the other one is change and its corollary it's, uh, is stability. And so you know, when the, the instructor started talking about the change piece, they kind of laid out folks that who in the room is, is um, you know, calls themselves an innovator. And you, you can innovate or you can change and you can change too much. Mm -hmm. And so folks that change too much or change for just change sake, they're not taking into account that there are, that stability is needed, that there are probably folks in the room that may understand why it didn't work the last time why you're trying to move too fast and they're trying to give you they're called conservers but they're trying to they're not conserving their um, they may be conserving their energy because they're trying to kind of dampen down the effect of um, some of the innovations but they they understand that if you want to change you have to have a plan right. and so with stability you listen and with change you try to make things better mm -hmm. and both of those you have to communicate and you leverage change and stability in every single walk of life it's how we improve it's how we capitalize on opportunities and it's how we move mountains together and make breakthroughs air force installation contracting center's mission is to deliver optimal warfighting capability through agile and innovative solutions. What innovations has AFICC led and what AFICC initiatives are you excited about this year? So I think the biggest initiative that I'm excited about this year, and we've led a lot, the accomplishments that we've already achieved in uh, fiscal year 18 and fiscal year 19, a lot of those are in the area of category management. It's something that the um, federal government has um, kind of put upon us as this is the guidance, but it's more than just an acquisition. It's more than just an enterprise solution, but it's thinking differently. And so I'll, I'll lead into our fiscal year 20 initiative that we're really looking forward to. It's that first inaugural worldwide operational acquisition training summit. and. Uh, we said earlier that AFICC, we support eight major commands, but we, we do not directly support AFMC and AFDW. But at our Worldwide Acquisition Training Summit, we are bringing in everybody who does operational acquisition. So that are the, the local contracting squadrons and flights. Those are the enterprise sourcing squadrons. Those are the specialized contracting squadrons. And those are the PZIs the PZIs that work in a AFMC, like AFLC-MC and Air Force Sustainment Center. And we're also bringing in Air Force uh, Reserve Command. 
So Air Force Reserve Command, they also do operational acquisition for their reserve uh, mission partners. And so we'll all be in one place. Um, we are having our, our training summit at Nellis Air Force Base, and we're bringing in about 250 attendees, and the focus is on training. And, and it's sharing information and making sure that we all understand, again, similar to the STARS mantra, mm -hmm. is that we understand what the strategic intent is of our, our senior leaders. Mm -hmm. So I told you, I listened to Contracting Experience, um, episode 13, Dr. Roper, you know, he's talking about speed chess. And he's, he talks about a lot of, of, a lot of innovations that the Air Force is doing right now with pitch days. And I will tell you that um, when General Holt had his SAF AQC Worldwide, which was a contracting worldwide, there were a lot of squadron commanders that came out of that motivated, and they went back to their squadrons. I know that 87 cons did it, and, and I know that six cons did it, and they're having a pitch day. Mm -hmm. And I know even overseas with Trey Fryman, we're getting ready, he's getting ready to have a pitch day in November. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it, we're doing pitch days at a lot of different locations, but we're all moving in the same direction. Right. And Dr. Roper's intent with Speed Chess is, is really, how do you make decisions faster? Right. It's not sacrificing the quality, it's learning how to make decisions where we're demanding urgency, and we're demanding urgency for the warfighter. It's, you should never be a warfighter in the trenches demanding a new technology, and because a group of members is like working on the acquisition, you know, we're just not there yet, just keep waiting, you will be right there in the mm -hmm. trenches. It's you know, demanding a solution now, even if it's the 80% solution. Right. And I think Dr. Roper, you know, he was talking about perfection, and I've heard a quote, it's like, perfection is the enemy of good enough. Right. And if it's good enough, and then we can improve upon it, right. then that really helps the warfighter. And we get the combat capability in their hands sooner, and then if we are making refinements in the background, that is something that we go after. And so we, what we affectionately call WOTS, our Worldwide Operational Acquisition Training Summit. So at WOTS, we are going to hit on some of those key initiatives that our squadrons are doing out in you know, the Air Force globally, and so that we're sharing lessons learned, and then we're, we're gonna be exposing them to category management, which is, again, not just enterprise solutions, it's not just an instantaneous acquisition solution automatically. It could be working with requirement owners from across the globe that says, wow, did you know um, that you have an air show? Hey, I bet you have an air show. I have an air show too. Mm -hmm. Why do we not have a standard air show performance work statement? Right. Why does every single ac action officer assigned to do an air show start over from scratch right. every single year? There's huge opportunity on this, you know, this way of thinking, and it's a mindset. And and the more that we talk about category management and we build those, you know, those solution sets, and people understand what, you know, the nuances are between market research and business intelligence, and how we can get them leveraging business intelligence and the tools that are out there. So at our WOTS, we'll be exposing them to the tools. We'll have a dialogue. We're gonna, you know. Um, we're bringing in our small business partners. You know, Mary Yuri's leading it, and and we're we're focusing on highlighting from some of our SCONs and our our cons to say, wow, you seem to have cracked the code on small business. You understand socioeconomic because you you laid out your year and you thought, holy cow, 
here's a small business, here's where I have to use a large business, here's where I can use an 8A, here's where I'm going to use a woman's small business, and here's where I'm going to use a veteran small business. And because you did that, when something changed, you were able to course correct mid-year instead of finding out at the end of year, holy cow, I didn't meet my goals. Right. Yeah, you had mentioned um, the the uh, 87th contracting squadron. So, so we're recording right now in October, and they are, they're actually on our next episode coming out this month. And um, Lieutenant Colonel Axel Clark, yep. I met up with him, and so and so we decided to um, to put together an episode together. So he's actually interviewing his team about it, um, and then we're going to run it this month. But they he went into the fact that basically he went to the training summit in April, and they ended up having their pitch day in June, and and so it was a pretty pretty quick process, but they pulled it off and they learned a lot with it. Exactly. And they want to share it with the workforce and see, you know, what the next team comes out with. And we were just with Axel's team last week. And so what the coolest thing about that is that his leadership was behind him 100% mm-hmm. and they said, go out there, learn lessons learned. You know, some of the um, solution sets are fail, fail fast, and then you're going to pick yourself back up, dust yourself off, get back up and learn from it. And that's what they're doing. Now they're going to go into the next round mm-hmm. and they're going to bring in the 436 cons from down at Dover with them so that they'll be, you know, partnering in a, in a close regional way but also some of those solution sets that they award, they're going to think creatively so that other squadrons will be able to use them. It won't just be for, you know, McGuire, Lakehurst, Dix. Right. could also be Dilver, and there are the potential that there could be other lo- locations that could use that. Right. And so it's kind of, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, you know, we talked earlier about empowerment, and people always say, well, what's empowerment? What do you mean? And our job as senior leaders is to get out of your way. Your job is to, you know, think critically, do things smart, try, experiment, learn, mm-hmm. and then give us information so that we can provide you top cover so then you have the space to be able to continue to operate. Right. And and those work, you know, in concert. And so it's it's we as leaders we gotta get out of your way, um, but you gotta keep us informed so then we can give that space ahead ahead of you and above you so that you right. can continue to operate. So for folks that have not worked in Air Force Installation Contracting Center, can you tell me what opportunities AFICC offers to its workforce? So uh, lots of opportunities. Uh, First of all, I would say um, one of the things that that we try to do is really have, you know, I I talked about our mission areas. I said I would in our flight plan. And our mission areas are mission execution, which goes right into mission focus. Mm -hmm. And so... I think everybody can kind of resonate, that can resonate with everybody. Mm-hmm. Our second one is, it may not resonate, I know we talked at the Worldwide, but it's um, expeditionary operations is not just if you're deployed, it's making sure that our team members are prepared, that we develop them, that they're integrated across you know, all the A staffs and the joint staffs and that they're proficient. And it's not just airmen, it's not just officers enlisted, it's also civilians. Mm-hmm. Because anybody who's an acquisition professional could be either in a, you know, a disaster response scenario, mm-hmm. anything going on at the base that you wouldn't normally think of, you know, a, a power outage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just those things that allow us to operate when the unthinkable happens. Mm-hmm. And then we have Enterprise Solutions, which is, as we go forward, we're getting folks more into understanding the category management journey and how we're thinking strategically about the things that we buy and should we be buying those things. And this is really working hand-in-hand with the requirement owners um, because 
sometimes we find out when we, you know, we talk about business intelligence, sometimes if we look at, if we pull the data and um, we, we talk to industry, we might find out, we're buying this because we've always bought this, but industry isn't buying that at all. Right. Why is that? Why can we, what can we learn from them? What can we learn from academia? What are we not doing that might make us even be more efficient? Um, we have limited resources, and so what can we do with those limited resources? Mm -hmm. uh, and our last mission area is building mission-focused business leaders. And so we partner with General Holt's LOE1, um, which is, is pretty much the same thing, but how do we develop that talent management? Mm -hmm. And it's not just about recruiting, it's retention. Right. And so in AFICC, we want to make sure that um, we're developing the leaders of tomorrow, that we are the leaders of today, that we're capitalizing where there is innovation, that we're sharing that in, those innovations and that um, those lessons learned across the entire enterprise. And again, it's not just the AFICC enterprise. Um, you know, we, we kind of partner with all the operational acquisition um, folks and, and even with systems, mm -hmm. um, our systems contracting professionals. So you'll have fun when you come to AFICC. We try to do... General Wilcox has a has a focus on um, being connected, which is all, also the AFMC that we need. And if we're connected, it's amazing. You know, it goes along with that resiliency. Resiliency isn't just a one time a year thing. It's right. not once a quarter. It's how do we be more resilient? How can we bounce back faster than we did? say a day, day earlier, mm -hmm. and we find at AFICC that it's because of our work family. And so I'm, I'm huge into to family, real family, work family, they're all real family. Um, they just bring you different things. Sometimes it's dysfunctional, but we talk, we cuss and discuss. That's but, family. That's yeah, family that's right what family is. <laughs> and we, I love it you know, when, when we talk about collaboration, and it's like, um, somebody, I can't remember where I was, but it was, oh, I know what it was, it was at Air Force, um, it was at the Air Force Association Aerospace and Cyber Conference last month in September. And it, I think it was General Wilcox was saying, collaboration does not mean consensus. Mm -hmm. It just means we're collaborating to find the solutions and that we're solving, you know, the world's problems together. Mm -hmm. He also introduced us to Albert Einstein's quote, which is, I wrote it down because it, it really resonated with me is it's, we can't solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. Mm -hmm. And so in AFICC, we do consider ourselves change agents. We are mission-focused business leaders, and we understand that we have to work together to solve the problems of today to make sure that we provide the combat capability of for tomorrow. Looking at your bio, you have a diverse career in Air Force and joint assignments. You also hold many degrees in higher education and completed several military and leadership programs. With that background and the resources you promote to your workforce, it's obvious that you have a love of learning. What are your favorite ways to continuously learn every day? I read, I read books, I read magazines, I listen to podcasts, I love podcasts. Um, not just the contracting experience, <laughs> um, but one of my favorite podcasts is um, Something You Should Know. And I love that podcast because 
It's usually a 45-minute podcast, and it's divided into two. And Mike Carruthers, and he will interview either somebody who wrote a book or a social scientist or a renowned expert yeah. in the first half hour, and they'll expose you to things, and then the second half hour to be a different speaker. And he's just, he's a very good interviewer, much like you, Amber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he listens. Mm -hmm. And so, but he's telling you things that, you know, it, it could be as, um, you know, um, about commercials or why right. why why you buy certain things at the store. Yeah. Um, he's the one with social media. I, I don't I do the social media um, on on Facebook, but one of one of my posts in, in the summer was like the number one song that makes people happy is I can see clearly now. Mm. Um, and he's the one that had that on there. And so it's like the Jimmy Cliff version. And it was like, I was like, I had it, but I didn't have that version. Right. And they're a little bit different because the tempo was different. But okay. can you imagine there's a million songs in the world and right. like that was the number one that was voted. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go listen to that again. <laughs> and, and now it's my wake up song. Yeah. When he, this question was kind of posed, I said, um, how did I grow up? And, and why has learning been such a, you know important factor in my life? And I remember um, growing up in Evansville, Indiana, my mom, she was a... Um, by the time her and my mom, my dad got married, she was no longer working because she was raising four girls. But she had been a high school teacher. Education was all, always really important to her. And my dad, he, he had also grown up in southern Indiana, and he had gone to Purdue University. He was working his way through college. I think he was working at McDonald's. He didn't have any scholarships at all in, you know, this is like in 65, 66. And so he was working so much to be able to afford college that he got kicked out of college because he was flunked oh, out. And so he ended up joining the Air Force. And so it was great because he was in for seven years. He got out. He separated as a staff sergeant. But then he went back and used his, he went to night school while he was working as an adult. You know, mm -hmm. when I, I remember when I was like seven, eight, nine, and ten, and he got um, a tradescraft degree. And so here I am going to grade school and my dad is going to night school. And so I remember asking him, you know, gosh, you know, so you're working and you're doing this? And he's like, yes, and education is important. And my mom already had her degree and, and she went back and got her degree in, um, it, she got her master's later after, the, after we all grew up. Yeah. And so it was always really important for her and you don't realize like until much later like how those things going around you have such an impact on your life. But it was probably, there was an infomercial, you know, in the 70s and it was like, um, if, you know, knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And at that point it was like, wow, knowledge is power, meaning I need to go to learn, I need, I need to do everything I can, we go to the library, those types of things. Today, I think that knowledge is power but only when shared. Right. Well, I like you pointed out about the podcast, not just because this podcast, but just me being in this role has opened my eyes to all the different podcasts that are out there. I mean, you can learn anything about any topic that you want. Just go, you know, search, you know, podcast on this. And and so I think that's a great way to point it out. And, and people can do that, you know, while you're taking a walk, while you're doing your laundry, while you're making dinner. So people that are really busy that maybe can't fit in time to read the books, even though reading the books, you know, I love doing that too, but um, it gives you the time to do that maybe while you're driving your car or something. So I appreciate you pointing that out. You're in constant communication with your workforce and leadership teams through electronic and video channels. 
Communication is an important skill, but not always capitalized on by employees at all levels. What positive impacts have you seen in your organizations as a result of effective communication? One of the things that I've been really, you know, inspired by is when I go out on the road, we have all hands. You can tell that they want to stay in contact with you, and this isn't really a oh, you're just here today and tomorrow you're going to forget about us. Mm -hmm. And so it allows us to kind of expand our network. Mm -hmm. And from that, you know, those, those immediate networks, they've, they've evolved. Right. Um, and then we also share, like, if you're not on Facebook, it does, you know, if you're on Facebook, you know, I share things that way through social media. But even through our, our um, organizational email, we'll send out um, an inspirational message, a motivational video. It's trying to get folks communicating. And I try to put in there like a challenge. Like I know at our Worldwide Operational Acquisition Training Summit, we're going to have a challenge. And the challenge is if you are here, you got to pay it forward, mm -hmm. period, dot. Take however it is that you take notes, however it is that you want to, um, you know, kind of summarize the top two or three things out of every briefing that was given. You got to go back to your squadron and share it. Right. It's just, it's, it's the payback. And in the messages that we send out, kind of sometimes they're weekly, sometimes they're monthly, just depends on, you know, how folks are traveling. We try to ease back at end of year because we know people are busy. Right. Um, but we, we made a challenge and we said, hey, if you have something where at end of year you want to like share a success story, mm -hmm. then that has um, caused people to then reach out to us and share their many successes. And so we get to highlight people. I laugh because people think, oh, you're traveling all the time. And I was like, no, I'm sometimes sharing things that people then sent to me. Right. I was never there. I'm just so excited for our people. I want to honor their, their kind of their legacy and the leadership they're doing out in the field and their many successes and their huge successes. And it just, I feed off of it. Right. Well, you had mentioned the Facebook, um, keeping in contact that way, and then, I mean, obviously you make the, the in-person visits, but then you also send emails out to your workforce, and you guys have the newsletter and stuff like that. I mean, I think it provides that continuity of communication and, and that relationship, so that way, like you said, you're not just, hey, I'm a leader, I'm popping in, and you know, do your job, and then I'll see you next year type of thing. So I think that's important to people, and it helps people be motivated as well. Yeah, we feed off of their motivation. And it, and I, and it also helps us keep aligned right. because we, we don't want to send mixed messages. Mm -hmm. um, that's confusing to the field and we know that and we've probably been inherited that in our past and so we know how important it is to make sure that we kind of stay aligned. Right. So, so last question, you oversee 19 locations inside and outside the United States. What parting message would you like to leave for those listening across the globe? Okay, so great question. Um, I love it. It's the softball question because I prepared for this one. So I have I have three three points. So the first one is I'm going to expose you to Dr. Edward Teller, and Dr. Edward Teller. He was the father of the A bomb. He worked on the Oppenheimer Oppenheimer project, and he had a quote: "A pessimist is someone who's always right but gets no enjoyment out of it. An optimist imagines the future is uncertain, and because of that." wants to do something about it. And so when I heard that quote, that just reminded me of why we're change agents and why we want to be stronger mission-focused business leaders. Mm -hmm. That's point one. The second point, it was from John Wayne, because I love John Wayne. I used to watch spaghetti westerns with my dad growing up. Um, I never knew what the heck was going on, but there was always a horse and someone always got shot and there was, a, you know, always saved somebody at the end. 
Um, but his favorite quote is, courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. And I know that there's somebody listening to this right now who wants to try something new, who may have a little bit of fear, and I would say, just do it and keep your leadership team informed because we're here for you. Mm -hmm. And so um, every single assignment that I've ever had, the day before I've taken command or the day before I took, you know, first, first day on the job, I have been scared to death. And I knew, though behind me, because of my education and my training and because of my team and my work family, that I knew they would help me get through it. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what leads me on. Right. Folks ask, like, how did you even, you know, get here? Did you want to be a general officer one day? I had no clue. I was just, you know, having fun and learning from every single assignment and every single one of my leaders, my contracting officers, my chiefs, my senior master sergeants, even, you know, my senior airmen. I have learned from every single person I've ever, you know, worked with. And just taking that with me, it just kind of, one day I woke up and I was like, holy cow, how did I get here? But it was never a plan. But the last thing is just be bold. You're empowered to lead. Keep us informed. We will provide top cover and everyone matters. Everyone contributes and together we can change the world. Great. Well, ma'am, thank you again for being on the podcast. This has been a blast. If you have suggestions for topics or people to interview or feedback on the podcast, you can submit those at the contracting experience at gmail.com. I want to thank you all for listening to the contracting experience podcast. Until next time, keep connecting to the world around you.